welcome to the opening of There's No I in Team, this amazing new series of paintings by the wonderful Claudia Cavacci, who is an Auckland-based artist who has joined us here for this new body of paintings, including this wall mural, which we'll all be invited to help color in a little bit later. So I thought this morning, um, I'd like to start with a show of hands if anybody's parents ever told them, There's No I in Team. Oh, okay, there's all the competitive people. Great. All right, so now I know what um, You'll be the last to get the markers when we start to color in. But I thought I would start by, even though it's called There's No Lion Team, start with an anecdote about myself, sorry. And then I promise I won't say anything about myself the rest of the time. But um, the reason that Claudia's work spoke so much to me was it made me really think about my own dynamics growing up. I grew up in rural Canada where hockey is life. Ice hockey, I should say. And so every little boy is kind of subliminally raised to think that they're going to be the next Wayne Gretzky, the next big ice hockey star. And the consequence of that is every little girl is subliminally told that their kind of greatest goal in life is to be a hockey mom. And so I grew up in a family of girls, so we kind of all thought we had sidestepped that nicely. And I had this very beautiful, like, elegant mother. And me and my sister used to think, um, we actually used to talk quite a lot about how you know, there was a lot more in life than being a hockey mom. And then there's this sort of nascent adolescent stage of teenage girls where you're called a puff bunny and your like job is to hang out in the ice hockey rink and like try and get a ice hockey player boyfriend, which was not another thing in my family. And then my sister wrecked it all by becoming herself a really, really talented hockey player. So that was great. That was really cool. And it was really fun to go watch her. But then I also had to watch my elegant musician mother morph into a hockey mom. So, you know, let go of all of the sort of her beautiful sort of conductor outfits and she would get like the fleece and like Tim Horton's coffee mug and be up at 6 a.m. kind of rooting on the team and lacing up skates. And I remember I felt very resentful about all of this time spent that all this kind of shift in my family dynamic where we would start spending all our weekends in these really stinky stadiums and freezing our butts off at 6 a.m. But the reason that Claudia's work spoke to me so massively is because it really made me think about how that kind of cultural upbringing and those identities and even the sports teams that we cheer for and the sports that we watch do so much in terms of shaping our identity and shaping the way that we relate to our family and all of those kind of very tricky, subtle psychological things. And so Claudia's new series is unpacking a lot of those sort of tricky psychological dynamics. So I thought, well, we've got Claudia here. It's a great time to get into that. We're going to ask her lots of really probing personal questions about her family. I'm just joking. Um, I, won't, I won't go into that detail. But I thought maybe that is a really great place to start. So I was hoping that you could tell us a little about the first series that you painted with you and your mom. Uh, so the first mother and daughter series came about uh, when I had just moved back to New Zealand from Hawaii. Um, it was, I was around 19 and 20, and it was a big step. I think for most people, it's a big step to move out of home. And I really found my independence overseas, and so I guess moving back to New Zealand and moving back into, ho into my mom's home, it, found, it kind of seemed like a step back. Uh, and it was a real wake-up call for the both of us, having to readjust living together again, and unfortunately, we didn't get along. Um, and we're not the best at communicating either, so uh, for my honours year at Elam, I, I work best painting from the autobiographical, and I thought 
it's a great opportunity to get all that angst out and in a way communicate to my mom that hey you know we're not doing so well let's let's work on this um and so that was about four years ago now i've moved out of home and we're really great friends again <laughs> so it seemed like um yeah i had kind of put her through a lot of uh it wasn't pain i suppose but i definitely publicized our relationship and I wanted to resolve that and show that I, we had resolved that through this series, showing that we're both on the same team. <laughs> yeah, so the first series, it was often you guys in conflict. So it would be like yes, you yeah. jousting or playing um, polo against each other and often in domestic settings. So can you talk a little bit about how this series um, answers to those that first series? Mm, so I guess we were arguing a lot at home and that at the time it seemed fitting to include these domestic scenes. Um, a bedroom scene, living room, etc. Uh, and now that I've moved out of home, um, it, it seemed like it was fitting to now focus on the actual sport and focus on the fact that our relationship has now moved past that, that turmoil and we're now um, working really well together as a mother-daughter duo. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we're, we're both quite competitive, and I uh, grew up playing a bunch of sports. Netball was one of them, and I always had trouble um, being a team sport, and I remember she would be at every single netball game, every Saturday morning, and there were a couple times where she had to sit me down and was like, Claude, you know, there's no I in team. <laughs> and I, I really love um, taking quotes from her for exhibition titles. Um, for example, I did this one exhibition at Mean World Gallery a couple of years ago and that was called You're Not a Princess, you know, which is something that she also <laughs> used to say to me. So I think she's quite careful with what she says around me now because she's like, oh, it could turn into a title for a show. <laughs> well, this is my next question, which is how does she feel about being part of your artistic practice? Uh, I think initially she was, um, yeah, I guess she was a bit wary at first. We're quite... I think she's quite a private person, and I think anyone would really, I really felt for her, I suppose, but she's, she's such a big supporter, and she's, she's, she's actually flying down tonight, um, but she, yeah, she's at every single show, and it's been really great to watch her kind of come around to the whole only daughter, only child studying art. Um, she wanted me to do, <laughs> she wanted me to do engineering, which is her science background, and so I think it's really great to see someone who's so far removed from the art world really try to make so much of an effort, and she yeah really shows. And and she's really stoked about this show now because we're now on the same team. We're no longer competing against each other. Um, um when your mom comes later, will she, you and her be wearing matching outfits? That would <laughs> be awesome. I should I should come on. You, there's time. You can text her. Yeah yeah yeah. And there's quite a lot of autobiographical elements within the sports that you've picked as well. Um, you want to talk a little about that, your mom's background as well? Yes, yeah, so my mom, uh, my, great, my great-grandparents immigrated from Japan to Hawaii. Um, and so, like, similar to my grandparents, my mom was born and raised. Uh, so I'm third-generation Kobashi woman who hasn't had that experience of growing up in Hawaii. So I've always felt like... That's been a second home to me. Um, I'd go back once a year to visit my grandparents, and you know, um, the ocean is such a big part of everyone's lifestyle over there. And it seemed, um, yeah, really fitting to kind of include that 
tie my mother's lineage to Hawaii into this show, especially with COVID. I found that um, since COVID and not being able to visit family overseas, um, I've been including it a lot more in my practice just to kind of cement that it's still very much there. And it's, I think it's a really uncertain topic to have family overseas, especially because of COVID and not knowing when you can visit them again. Yeah, you would know, yeah. And so each of these sports are either ones that you've watched or played with, or played with, played with your mum. Um, they all have some resonance to Hawaii in particular, right? Yes, yes. So walk us through the different sports. Yeah, of show. course. Um, basketball is something that um, I used to play a lot with my mum. We had the school court up the road, and obviously surfing is a big part of my life still. And uh, beach volleyball is something that my mom used to play a lot. I played in high school. Um, golf very much reminds me of my future, my grandfather, who unfortunately passed away last year, and he would, he would be um, playing golf all the time. Uh, and yeah, body surfing. I I just really I love body surfing. It's so much fun. And uh, tennis was actually another sport that my mom and I both did in high school. And so they're really just sports that either we would play together or I've always wished that we could, you know, participate together, like the tandem surfing. It's, I mean, m most of the water sports are something that I really associate back to Hawaii and she unfortunately never really got into playing water sports, so it's always something that I imagine us doing together one day, if we ever move back. Because you're a big surfer yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. That's just like a big part of your life. Yes, yes. Do you see that as also, you know, sort of being a very sporty woman, being part of your identity? Um... I mean, I don't even, I don't, I wouldn't, I, I don't know, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't, I don't think, I don't know. <laughs> really I like, don't so think like, I'm sporting. I think it's very sporty. I mean, you're in a room of other people. I feel like you're like top sporty. Oh, here. thanks. Thank you. They, they are real sports that just remind me of home. And, yeah. So I asked you a tricky question before, um, and sort of feel free to say, you know, jump in a river. But who do you see yourself as? playing against in all of these. So you and your mom are competing on the same team, but who's on the other side? That's a very good question, and I'm actually not really, I've actually never thought about it. I guess, a, a, yeah, a really cheesy answer would be the world, but I'm not gonna say that. Um, and another, <laughs> you already did, Melania. Um, but yeah, I guess, I don't know, I, I haven't really actually focused on that before. It's really been just my mom and I. I think that's a really good question, or good answer to the question, because I think that that's what I was trying to get at with that question, is it does, to me, say something about that relationship of you growing up as an only child with your mom, and mm. the way that that family dynamic has influenced Absolutely. you as a person, and obviously you as an artist. Mm, definitely. Yeah. I think growing up with separated parents, you really do have two worlds, especially if you're in a small family, you know, I would always go from week on, week off, and it was, you know, my mom had a very different way of bringing me up compared to my dad, and yeah, I suppose another answer could be we were competing against my dad. <laughs> no, that's not, that's <laughs> naughty as well, but yeah. No, I mean, think you just made the next series of paint. <laughs> but one of the things I also find really interesting about the way that you depicted you and your mother is, um, you know, these are hardly that kind of squeaky clean airbrushed versions of family portraits that you find in store-bought picture frames you know they're they're kind of you guys warts and all you know and i, I see that in some of the details you know the hairy legs and um these sort of deliciously wonky kind of angles of your bodies can you talk a little bit about that in the, the non-idealized portrait i guess um my body here my tattoos and the way that i'm dressed is it 
sometimes being points of argument for my mum and I. Yeah. Uh, so it just seemed fitting to include those aspects in the paintings. I also had my studio space in my flat back in Auckland, and so I live with five other people, and so they're always walking past my work, and I, they're very critical, of, I mean, as they should be, and so I think if I ever miss out details like that, they're always the first ones to be like, hang on, it actually doesn't look like you, you're much hairier, or you have more tattoos, or you don't dress like that, you know what I mean? So it's I'm always... nice to live that <laughs> I mean, on that topic, you've chosen to depict you and your mum blue. Can you talk a little bit about that, and why the blue people? That really become one of your signatures, I think, in, in your style of painting. Absolutely. Uh, I did. A, I took part in a colour theory class at the University of Hawaii, and in that class I learned about how emotions can be portrayed through colour, which I found really interesting. And at the time, you know, my mom and I were feeling emotions of longingness and sadness and loneliness, but also there's a sense of warmth to this specific blue, which I really love. And now I just associate this colour so much with my mom and I. And it's, you know, I can't... Maybe, maybe one day we might, I might paint us a different shade, but I think that for now this blue really resonates with me and reminds me so much of her. Just like the fact that he had his blue period. Yeah, too. exactly. But I think what I love about this, yes, like you said, there's a real warmth to the kind of blue mm. that you've chosen. You talked about, like, The Simpsons being a big influence and cartoons rather than sort of the um, seriousness of like a Picasso's blue period. Mm. Can you talk about like something like The Simpsons being an influence on the way that you um, you paint? I um, I think like most of us who grew up watching cartoons, um, but I take a really strong influence from cartoons like The Simpsons, Futurama, and South Park. Even just there's a real humor to the way that they use such bold, flat colors, really simplistic lines, but yet they include so much detail, and there's such a familiarity to cartoons. It reminds me so much of my childhood days, but um, and I've also <laughs> always found it so hard to paint realistically. I just can't do it, and this is the easiest way to do it. So I, it just it fits. It really fits. It works really well with acrylic and house paint as well. It's well, what I like about even though you say I don't paint realistically, like there's such a familiarity in the way you paint, and what you paint realistically is those relationships. You know, The Simpsons is like the longest running sitcom in history, and I think it's because they unpack those very tricky. Like, there's this is not like Happy Family. This is all about those tricky things that we can relate to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've always loved the idea of focusing on domestic scenes. I love like works of Jacqueline Fahey, how she's just so kind of like you said, warts and all. Um, unashamed of showing that, you know, there are these conflicts within family dynamics that happen, but not so, they aren't talked about so often. And I think for me, the sports was just like an almost coping mechanism. Um, instead of physically painting ourselves, yelling at each other, it was um, an, an, a, a great metaphor, <laughs> I suppose, a safe one. <laughs> yeah. And I was wondering, some of the um, paints that you selected, can you talk a little bit about how you ended up with the colour palette that you have? So I really love working with house paint, and I, I usually get all of my paint from Bunnings or Malatin, um from the uh, mist tint section. <laughs> and so that's why I actually ended up with all these wacky colours, um, and it, it's just stuck. It's a, such a great way, not only um, financially to source materials, but also a great way to create this really wild colour palette. One of the things that we're really lucky at the Dows is we have um, a sponsorship from Dulux who um, provides the paints of our gallery and they were also really generous to provide the paints that Claudia used for the paintings. 
And I was wondering if you found it hard when you were given a selection of any color paints that you wanted versus selecting from the Misfits at Bunnings. Did you find that you have to be like a psychological ship? Yeah, I, I did go a bit crazy with it. <laughs> I ordered so much paint. It was so much fun. It was really great. I had, I had so much fun picking the colors. Um, I did find that I was sticking to a lot of blues and greens, which just happened naturally. But yeah, I, I think with every show, there's always more a thing to it, and it goes within the color. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about sort of the technique of painting these. This is the, the biggest scale you've ever painted on, is that right? Yes. And how have you found that? I actually found it much easier to paint on a large scale. Um, it's tricky. At this, at this scale, it, it actually takes me less time to paint rather than if it was a smaller painting, which is interesting. These plywood sheets are 1.2 by 2.4 individually, and I was finding that I was actually painting on them directly by standing on top of them. But at times, you know, I'd get... I'd find that, especially with this grass, I taped a paintbrush to a long stick and found that that was actually much more enjoyable just dipping, dipping the paintbrush in. But yeah, it, I really love the fact that with large scale works, you can use your body a lot more. I find that's much more enjoyable um, than being really up close. And, and for an interesting fact, I believe these are the biggest paintings we've ever been able to show upstairs at the Douse because we can't fit big paintings at the stairwell. But Claudia has painted these all in diptychs. So it, it, with the exception of the basketball, these are all sort of two-panel work. So mm -hmm. that's something that you've been ex like experimenting with a, quite a lot in your work recently. Yeah, I really, I'm really interested in the idea of creating work that fit into a landscape. I suppose with corners especially, I really love the fact that diptychs can change wherever, depending on where you're standing in the gallery space. Um, because I've been making rugs recently that's just kind of created a whole new dynamic of um, making art and having you know a piece on the wall and how you interact with it. I really love to find new ways of doing so. I guess I suppose that's where the mural came from as well. That feels like a pretty good time to shift to this part of your practice, which is, um, do you want to talk a little bit about your decision to do a, a mural in this space? I, I, I'm, whenever I go to a show, I'm always really up close to the work. Sometimes I even want to touch it myself and I've really love the idea of creating a space that's interactive, not just for kids, but hopefully for adults as well. Um, I did a mural at Meanwhile Gallery a couple of years ago, um, but I'm sort of thinking about how I can push that further and having a wall that you know, invites people to come in and participate with the work. That really excites me. And so, yeah. Why didn't your mother ever tell you not to draw on the wall? <laughs> What I was really interested is one of the things that you picked up when we were uh, walking through the space together earlier this year is that you really picked up on the toy hut being in proximity to the gallery and you talked a little bit about your background as a nanny as well. Mm. Do you want to talk about how that sort of influenced your decision in the way that you laid out the show? Definitely. Um, for the last four to five years, the way that I've managed to finance my practice is by being a nanny. Um, and so children have been a big part of my life recently. Um, and so... Yeah, the idea of having been in this space so close to the toy hut as well, I really wanted to include the idea that there's so much small, tiny foot traffic going through and um, finding ways to make it accessible for children as well. I really, I, I, I'm always encouraging people to, I'm not sure if you can say this, but touch the work, and you know, I just don't, I don't really, have, it's quite durable, and so I really love that idea. <laughs> Well, I thought because it's called No Lion Team, I thought I would finish this talk with a couple of stats. We've already given one, which is I believe these are the biggest paintings to be ever shown upstairs at the Douse. I also had a personal record happen during this week where we finished an install a day and a half early, which I've never had happen. So Claudia's won the artist race. 
But I also have to say that this show has brought me more joy and more excitement. I'm so excited to open it up for the audience. It has been an absolute pleasure to work with you, Claudia. And thank you so much for your generosity and both opening the mural up for our audience, for being here today to talk about your works, and also for just this incredible new body of work that you produced for us. So round of applause for Claudia. Thank you.